Onesies, a podcast of one season wonders and blunders. My name's Andrew. My name is Emily. We are crossing the halfway mark in 1983's Chess Game, starring not Sir Terrence Stamp, uh, as British spymaster. He becomes a spymaster this episode, Dr. David Audley. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Really good episode. I think uh, probably the best um like there's a lot of good stuff in this one they've been uh, they've been getting progressively better uh i i really enjoyed it except for all the politics talk i could not i could not keep keep track of it all i think that's how they they make spy novels work right they just throw so much information at you about an already complex issue i.e the middle east and it's impossible to follow or maybe it's just me maybe i'm just dumb i just want to watch you you don't know your 1982 Middle East politics from a British lens for it to be turned into entertainment on, on ITV? No? I just kept no, thinking that one. David Audley looked really good in that suit. Every suit mm. he wore. Every single one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just saw one of my notes. Okay. Do you have three things? Three things. Um, I'm going to say... Um, uh dom oddly that was my favorite part um love you mustache bring it back to last episode and shy glances let's do shy glances okay um let's see here how about (laughs) um okay so let's do damn it woman you killed colin (laughs) um Oh, yeah, this is a fun one to talk about. Faith's in danger. That's more urgent. Sure it is. Um, And then finally, oh, well, either, I guess, torture in chief, but also ship Razik and Mary. Okay. This episode opens with the funeral shootout directly following last episode, which means we are really eight days after this series started. The kickoff of our show was the finding of this plane that had something to do with Soviet secrets and Russian bullshit, but has now become, it's all intertwined into a Middle East thing. So this was the actual plot. The the plane was just the MacGuffin to introduce David to his lady and to get him off the Middle East desk and into action with Hugh Roscoe. They pronounce that Roscoe every time. I think it's the sound quality i think it's the oldness i think it's i think it's a lot of things but yes it does sound like roscoe i, I mean even when hugh old. says it even when hugh says it it sounds like roscoe maybe they had to change it because it was based on a real part oh, you read the books check the books it's roscoe it's, it's roscoe um but yes also the old men we we also have to talk about how old british men are not they're still men which will come up later in a fucking weird ass bit. But first, yes, we have the gun scene. We do not repeat the entire ending of last time, which mm-hmm. included David not knowing what the fuck to do and somebody having to push him and faith down. Yeah. Now David is in action. He's like, get the girls out of here. And um, he's, he's ordering people around. Yeah. He runs up to the, what does he say to the, to the vicar? Oh, the vicar. Oh the God. The hugging vicar. Yes. Um, he says something is that to the, the one vicar. He says, like, for Christ's sake, look after Grace. He says that to somebody. No, he doesn't say that to the vicar. He says something like, uh, tend to your man or something. I don't know if like somebody else got involved with the yeah. church, got, got shot. Um, I think there is another victim there because we do see the vicar hugging somebody. But um, then do you want to talk about Hugh's gallantry or should I? Yes. Well, I mean, I don't know if the gallantry is what you're you're talking about. But um, uh, at the end of last week's episode, we see Llewellyn go down and you and I both thought, oh, he's dead. He's dead. There's no way he's not dead. But it turns out he just got shot in the shoulder and um, his heart is still beating. And I guess. uh, uh Oddly has to perform CPR on him 
And the things I do for England, the things I do for England. I have that written down too. I thought that was really funny because he's just so it's like, God, what a petty man. Like this guy's almost dead. And you, and you're being, you're being bitchy about having to give him CPR. You are a doctor. You are a doctor. He's not that kind of doctor. He's a Joe Biden doctor. (laughs) I know. Um, He's a doctor like a lady. Um, We're just getting started early here. No, I'm talking about how Q picks up the ant and carries her inside. And she's like, it seems like the actress is confused. And Robin Sachs is just like, I got you, lady. And she's just like, "Um, what? But this comes into later when I'm like, I think Hugh's going to get it on with the ant fake. Oh, gotcha. While they're just hanging out for an afternoon for no reason. Um, No, I thought it was cute that he just swooped her up and and took her in. But um, also oddly oddly gives CPR to Llewellyn, his arch nemesis, and is very grouchy about it. Yes. Um, Um, And then his boss, I believe, is like, oh, you still don't think Llewellyn's the target, huh? He's like, yeah. well, I guess I was wrong, wasn't I? Yeah. Um, okay, so then we start talking about how Hugh's really bad luck for this family. He's buried both of the sons. Both of the brothers, yeah. Um, but then um, Aunt Jenkins, they, they take her home. Dave, once again, they send Faith home, but Faith just hangs out with Hugh. They they this do is, they do send Faith home, but Mary uh, Aunt Jenkins needs a ride. Says says just come with us, just come with us. Okay. And so so Mary and Faith and Hugh are going to go hang out at Mary's house in the country, which is beautiful. I want to live there. It's very lovely. <laughs> the um, scene gets a little awkward. Yeah. Faith says, "What do you want to say? It I don't. Do you want to say? You do want to no. say it." But no. but but I want you to say it slowly and enunciate. I want to be able to cut this out and plug it in other Keep places. It. Yeah. So last episode we talked about how the aunt Mary is in a is in a walker. This um this episode Faith clarifies quite ablestly. Um she asks if she, she was born like that, but not with those words. Oh, come on. Rhymes with ripple. <laughs> um, but so, no, uh, it turns out that Mary right. got hurt working for the company. And so. The family business. About, yeah. Yeah. Like it's the fucking mob. <laughs> yeah. And then there was like some weird thing about how Mary and David talked about something and then. Her comment at the end is, they'll get him in the end. Um, Then we cut to Llewellyn and David in the hospital. So this is my Dom, my Dom oddly bit where Llewellyn says something like, like never expected to be thanking you for saving my life. Something like that. Um, And David oddly turns into the most dominating presence in the room. And he's just like, so I saved your life. Hmm. And it's just like grilling the guy. Like, tell me what this has to do with anything. Tell me why people are trying to kill you. Tell me what, why you took, like, tell me, tell me, tell He is just like taking full advantage of the fact that this guy's in the hospital suffering a gunshot wound to just suck out every piece of information he can get, which by the end of it, we realize he doesn't get very much, but it is so, he's just like in the guy's face uh, it was a total dom top move. You y'all are missing my face because Emily's seen the end of the episode, she, so she knows there's a certain reveal here. So yeah. like, it's it's her it's being, a, her being but, like, oh, David was a little rude to this man who was feeling under the weather is going to be a flex <laughs> by the end of this episode, everyone. But but at the same time, when you're watching it, you don't realize you don't realize what what's happening. It's just sort of like, holy shit, you know, he's well. Power. Okay, power so Llewellyn's like, well, why aren't you like trying to figure out who's trying to kill me, man? And David's like, well, because you lie to me all the time. So how the hell would I know who's actually trying yeah. to kill you? Like yeah. everybody wants to kill you. Yeah, you need to. You and need then, to be a little more free in your uh, in your lips. In a very Dracula the series rat a tat 
chat cuts between scenes. Yes. I forgot that it was a chess game that does this. No, this is a Dracula the series move. We cut back to the house yeah. where Mary and uh, Faith are failing Bechdel because those ladies got nothing to talk about but bros. Um, and now we find out that there was a secret note that Colin sent to London and we don't know any, nobody's heard anything about it. We didn't see like, any of this happening. We didn't hear about any of it happening. We're only finding out about none it None of it. Yeah. It happened entirely off screen. Yeah. Colin gave no indication that there was anything weird going on. Okay. There's a lot of timing issues with it too. Like how fast these people would have had to move. And also the implication there's another double agent somewhere. But they're also talking about how Colin rode his motorbike across the ridges. Because you don't watch Ted Lasso, but this week there was a wonderful bit about how old men were always once little boys. That's very much what this this show like really ties into. Oh, they're just a bunch of little boys who have a lot of who have way too much power. Who have disposable the income. Boris Johnson and, sort. Yeah, yeah. A, they're all Boris Johnson did one degree or another. Um, okay, so then Hughes like excited about the motorbike. He's like, yeah, it's fucking cool, man. I I have a motorbike too because like I sleep with a married woman, so she can't tell me I can't ride my motorbike and build my models. Um, <laughs> And then he's like, wait, what did you, there's a, there's a note, what? And Mary's like, yeah, it's a note that's going to turn the Middle East desk on its head. She saw somebody, he saw two people in a car. <gasps> two people in a car. I just had a realization that'll, oh. that I, and I'm fucking stupid. Okay, continue. You're not going to explain what this realization was? It was, it was, it, it was Llewellyn. It was Llewellyn in the car with some some no. people no it had to have been no 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 oh. no no i'm sorry is it explained in the nothing. episode and i just yes. glazed over it because yes. i just yes you did 100 okay didn't you watch this twice I, I watched it twice and i literally just finished it but i am it's literally in the last scene there's a line where somebody says you killed Colin, and somebody says, "Of course I did." Yeah. Okay. Like okay. tell tell Colin it was me. Like yeah. Okay. Okay. That's that's a reference to a Game of Thrones meme. Just so you know. Okay. But it's Thank an okay you. one because it's what's her face Emma Peel Diana Rigg. Oh, I, I love Diana Rigg. Was it? She's great. Um. Anyway, so yes, yeah, so we talk about this note, and he didn't want to mail, or he was. She was supposed to mail the note to David, but instead somebody shows up at the door claiming to work with them and shows them ID and takes the letter from her. Okay. McLean. McLean. Is that his name? So both Hugh and Faith are like, what? You didn't just mail. First of all, they're like, wait, what? He was going into town. Why didn't he just take it with him? And then they're like, ride over the hills. Stupid. Can't can't have a note when you want to ride over hills. Okay, no. His name was McLean. McLean. He showed an ID card. He chewed gum all the time, and he was indistinct in every way. Yeah. Do we want to spoil now who this actually was? Yeah. It's the fucking Syrian driver from last episode. (laughs) The Syrian driver named McLean, apparently. This they did skip over very quickly. At one point, David's just like, oh, you had your fucking driver pick it up. He's like, yeah, I did. And they're like, oh, okay. Like, but I'm like, this is the indescript thing. Like, the only... In the first two episodes, racially profile. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's in the first two episodes. It was all about the foreigners and blah 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 blah. But Mary apparently isn't racist, like Faith. If she had been, she wouldn't have gotten Colin killed, right? Like maybe there you go. But yes, th- this is the scene where um, Hugh gives her a look, just like fucking killed you, killed Colin. Yeah. Um, but then Dracula the series style, we go right back to the interrogation in the uh, hospital room, and oh god, Middle East peace is on the way. Now this is I I don't know how if this was ever at all possibly realistic. I don't think so. But the conceit of the show the show is that 
Israel is negotiating for peace with Egypt, Iraq, and somebody else. Syria, Libya, and Iran. Syria, probably. Yes, I mean they Syria would be. Yes, Syria is yeah. in on it at some level. Um, at least Razak will be. We'll find out. But then um, Libya and Iran don't know about it. And so, yes, this is peace in our time in the Middle East. And it's going to be a like unified front with Israel and a bunch of Arab nations, which is fucking nonsense. Come yeah. on. Yeah. But it's also about there's also a bunch of stuff about how much the Palestinians suck. But then later there's a scene where David is like, you guys just fucking kill Palestinian children all the time. What? What? Why do you think they would be mad about it? Yeah. And the guy, the response is, "Oh, I mean, you know, chicken and the egg talk, chicken and the egg talk." And you're just like, "Wow, dude!" It's really, it's really cool. hard to listen to. It's really hard to listen to. <laughs> it's really wild how they play it. It's just like they treat the Israelis less realistically than the Mandalorian treats the fucking empire like it's just it's they've it's very james bondy in a lot of ways just like how but this is how all this shit is because it's a bunch of fucking dudes talking about stuff from a bunch of that a bunch of other dudes have told them who want to make their junk seem bigger like it's all this is you know spy novels all this shit it's just penis envy as literature but anyway but it's also a lot of um, and i was i was thinking about this in terms of david audley's turn from being nerd uh desk worker guy into being super spy um how they just like make assumptions about things and those assumptions turn out to be wrong like most of the time they have to keep like making different assumptions oh no uh jenkins wasn't the target it was llewellyn oh wait no it was jenkins oh wait no it was llewellyn Uh, uh, uh." they have to keep going back and forth about it it reminds me of of sherlock a lot too they did that a couple of times in sherlock but it ended up being believable the way they told the story but in my mind it just doesn't make sense that they're making all of these assumptions and that's like what but they're not great at being spies if they i don't know they've got all these intelligence people telling them bad giving them bad information and so it ends up all just being a jumbled mess yeah i mean in i mean (laughs) men people in general are stupid yeah white men in charge tend to be really stupid so and base all of their assumptions on um ignorance and greed so then uh, they're like okay so now david knows what's going on and llewellyn's like am i still in danger and david's like fuck yeah you're still in danger dude of course you are but then david's out on the street and there's an assassination attempt on him but it turns out he has a detail that's protecting him. I don't remember what they called them in this. But I don't either. These are the dogs from yeah. Wild Slow Horses that you haven't watched. These but are the worker, watched. the worker bees of um, of the MI5 or whatever agency this is. And you he seems he's, because he seems to be surprised by this detail too. Like he doesn't mm-hmm. he doesn't realize that he doesn't realize. Did the black kid think it was cool what was going on? I think so. I think when okay. he when he turns around and he kind of like ah uh, shucks, I think he's uh, he's uh disappointed that he didn't see somebody. <laughs> so um so it's this street scene and we see different people in the street, including the, the security detail, and we see David walking and we see the attempted assassin. But then we there's this they keep cutting to this black kid who it Almost seems like he could be in on it, but he's not. He's just, yeah, he's just disappointed. He's just a passerby. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was an odd Um, thing to add, like completely unnecessary piece of fluff. So, well, no, it establishes that he's got his protection detail who's going to be important later. Well, no, but the scene, just the following the black. No, the, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely unnecessary. It is weird. Like, is that that their attempt at inclusion? Right? Having, having. Yeah, a background actor. <laughs> so, like, was he going to give, does he give Terrence Stamp a high five in a different cut? But hold on. So we're on this, keeping with its Dracula the series editing, 
David's left the hospital and is on the street about to get to work. Yeah. We then cut right back to the to continuing the scene at the house yeah. for uh, Mary and Faith and Hugh, where they notice the house is under surveillance. So now he calls in and he says, we need somebody out here to watch, but let's, uh, so let's just stay in the house. David calls. This is where we're going to get your mustache, but it's also where we established they're getting married on Thursday. Yeah. So we don't know what day of the week it is, but they're getting married this week. And I was like, my note is something like, oh, Faith dies this episode. My note was, who the fuck gets married on a Thursday? There's a lot of questions about this, though. It seems it seems like they're certainly happy together. Well, I don't want to... They make it seem like Faith is not a an attractive woman. Like... Or something. Like, they make it seem like she's lucky to be marrying David Audley. But she's, he's lucky to be marrying her. But wait, no. She's lucky to be marrying him because he's actually a badass spy. But no. So it's very weird. It's how weird. So you, In the book, she's described were, oh, as is not being very attractive and also being small-chested. So, I mean, what's the point of living, you know? <laughs> oh, man. God. Thank thank goodness men write books. Thank goodness men write books. They should write more sex scenes. You know, men should write more sex scenes, especially about women. From the women's perspective, oh my God. 100%. Okay, (laughs) so Hugh has a beer, which pisses Faith off after the whole mustache (laughs) buy thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're just on the phone and he's like, love you, mustache. That's the point when I was like, oh my God, am I watching last week's episode? (laughs) (laughs) It sounded like he said mustache again instead of must dash. That's that's just Terrence Stamp. He's refusing to record the words mustache. And they're like, say mustache. He's like, fuck you, I'm saying mustache. And they're like, no, Terrence said he's like, do you know who I am? He's anticipating a whole trend in, in men's facial hair. Okay, so then, yes, so this is where I'm like, oh, it's David as the spy boss. Like, he's now the ringleader. He knows all this shit after a week. So, yes, is is Hugh just going to stand there and drink beer like a weenie? Because Faith's going to get the rifle and go up and fucking shoot that guy. She's like, that's the guy who killed Colin. Fuck that guy. Let's go kill him. And he says, chill out. But then he eventually will go up there. What is codename Butterfly? Where do they say that? Um, He says it when, uh, so Hugh decides he's going to take off and do it, right? And then he says, oh, um, if I no, don't she's come. she's unfrozen. Hi. You were frozen. Hi. You were frozen. You were frozen. You were frozen. <laughs> so what anyway. Codename Butterfly. Mean? Codename Butterfly. He, Hugh goes off to, to hunt down whoever's stalking them. And he says, if I don't return I don't even know if he gives a time frame, but he says, if I don't come oh. back, call the office, give code name Butterfly. You know, just use the word Butterfly. And then he storms out to stop Faith from doing it. And then Mary's like, would you really have gone up there, Faith? And Faith's like, hell yeah, I would have. Okay. Good thing she didn't also. Now it's end of part one. Yeah. Part two, we're talking about the note. We have not seen David get the report on the note. Hugh must have called it in when he called in for the security detail and when Mary and Faith were failing Bechtel. Though, wait, that's out of... He must have called twice. So David is talking with the old man, the boss who has a name that we don't remember. Um, They're talking about how Hassan's people maybe killed Colin. They don't know. And then they're like, well, we've got the guy who tried to kill you. We should interrogate him. And this is where um, David, who has just told his bride-to-be, I'm too fucking busy, lady. I'm James Bond here. Yeah. Chill out. Wait for the babysitters. He and his boss have this conversation through the um, bars. That we saw in the opening scene of the episode, right? Or the whole series. Yeah. Of the whole series, yeah. The bars between the elevator bank and inside MI5 or whatever. And David's like... Good grief, man. It's more urgent that Faith's in danger. And it's like, is it? Because you don't really seem to give a shit yeah, at because all. Yeah, you didn't care until right now. Until, until it was advantageous for you. 
And so where does David go? He goes to, oh, this is where he gets in the ride. He whistles to a security detail. <laughs> yeah. Who then drive over to him. Backwards. And he's like. Very quickly. Backwards. <laughs> and he's like, let's ride together. I've got in my steps for the day. <laughs> so they go to the Israeli embassy, uh, which we've seen in a previous episode. And David's at the door to the embassy. And they're like, we don't have an embassy here. And he's like, yes, you do. No, um, he 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 requests to speak with like the health and safety department or something. And they're like, there's no yeah. department at this embassy. And he's like, ha ha, and flashes his badge. And then she's like, just a second. She's not very impressed. So, but no. I like I like the imagery so, of his face through that window. I thought that looked kind of cool. Kind of like 2001. And so the guy we met a couple episodes ago who Jake was talking to comes over and is like, what the hell are, do you want? And he's like, well, I want to talk. He's like, all right, let's talk. And he's like, do we want to talk through the door? Yeah. And they're like, no, let's come in. Um, okay. So then... Why do I have Hughes no- noisy? Oh, we cut to the hill. That's right. So we cut to the hill where he was going up the hill to try to catch this guy being super quiet, except he's not. He's super fucking noisy. He yeah. will be quiet later, but initially he's super loud going yeah. up this hill. I'm yeah. like, this is not going to go well for Hugh, but it'll be okay. We'll find out why. So then we cut back to the embassy, more Dracula series cutting. And the guy <laughs> in the embassy is like, hey, is it daytime out there? And he's like, yeah, are you busy in here? And he's like, sure, I am. Um, and he's already heard that they tried to kill um, David. So he's already heard about that assassination attempt. David wants to know where Jake is. They don't know where Jake is. And then David's like, I know what the deal is. Yeah, And the guy's like, okay. And he's like, you need to talk to the station chief. And he's like, you're really the station chief. And the guy's like, oh, I'm not really the station chief. Here he comes now. And it's been Theo the whole time. Our adorable little torturer is the actual station chief who's been lying to David the whole time. So then we cut back to the hill. He was very confident. That he has caught the guy, only for him not to have caught the guy. And it to turn out to be Razik, who has taken his trousers off to hide them in the brush to confuse Hugh, yeah. who is confused by tr- Hugh sees trousers and he thinks it's a person. Um, but <laughs> he's Razik's even more like, confused when Razik stands up and he's in his underpants. <laughs> so how I, love, do it, Emily? I love the British trend way too late. Of wearing those little sock garters because he comes out of the bushes wearing the sock garters. It's so stupid and it makes me laugh every time. We need to bring that back. Men wearing sock garters. Get your husband a pair. I will. Good luck sock garters. You you, you should. So uh, Razik's like, I had to do British intelligence's job for them. Yeah. But then we cut back to the embassy where Theo's Explaining the whole situation with the Israeli peace deal, blah, 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 and how nobody likes the Palestinians. And this is where David's like, well, you fucking kill them a lot. And this, yeah. is, this is the, well, let's forget about the chicken and the egg and move on. About the common enemy and the common threat. And David's like, so you're saying the Palestinians are a threat to the free world? And then he goes into a whole thing about like, yeah, you know, the West Bank, you know, people were sympathetic to your cause for a while. But the whole West Bank thing, like, we all we know what you are now. It's like. This is 1983. This is where the British were in 1983. The U.S. still isn't there. Because, you know, <laughs> when, we, when we've got to battle, battle the Antichrist, because Israel nukes the uh, other nations. No, silly. The Palestinians aren't the real pe- enemy. Hassan is the real enemy. Yeah. Um, okay. So then we cut to the house where Razik is hanging out in the house. We miss the scene where there's better introductions, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and this is where they start talking about the Alamut conference. At some point, somebody's like, Alamut has another meaning. It does. And then they, it only has this. And they they never say what it is. Maybe it'll be in the next cut. It's like a cut thing. This is also where I put down Ship, Razik, and Mary. Yeah. Um, Hell yeah. 
Okay, so then the okay, so they talk about the note. Faith shouldn't have talked about the note, um, but they don't have any hints about the note. And then the dogs show up and say the A team is here and they're going to guard the house. Um, but then David fills somebody in. Who does he fill in? Is it the old men? Yes, David has a meeting with all the old men, mm-hmm. including Llewellyn, I think. Um, and they talk about the explosives. The same explosive was used for Colin and the bookshop. And it's just not rare enough of an explosive for the Hassan. Like, we can't say it was a Hassan because it's the, it's so common. But then, um, well, they also had said that Hassan's plan is simple. You just remove all the moderates. Yeah. And I'm like, by assassinating them all? That seems like it's going to be one hell of an episode. Uh, it won't be. Um, but then they're like, David, do you have any theories about Llewellyn? And he's like, yes, I do. Are you going to tell us? Well, no, they're just theories. He wouldn't dream of boring them with his theories. Um, and then he's like, but don't worry, boss. The Israelis have a plan. And the old man's like, well, as long as it doesn't involve us, they can do whatever they want. Uh just wait till we hear what the old plan is. But then they're all leaving together and they're like, oh, that's right. You're getting married in the morning. And he's like, hell yeah, I am. And they're like, well, let's fucking party. Cut to Faith all alone, sad, having a drink with Hugh, talking about um, how David's been missing for hours. And then they talk about how she talks about how Razik is sexy <laughs> and he and Hugh's like, but he's overweight and mustachioed. And so then they talk about his married girlfriend and Hugh's just like, ah, she's just a rich lady who gets a dirty thrill out of me. And Faith's like, Oh, you're not a romantic Hugh. I thought you would be. And he's like, <laughs> David arrives. He's like, I'll take it wherever get I can some, get it. <laughs> we get some geese announcing David has arrived. He's drunk because he went out with the boys. That he and doesn't then, seem to like very much. He doesn't seem to like them very much. And yet they go out and get weird. loaded. He went out and got loaded. It wasn't like he was like, okay, one boss. drink and then I have got to go home. Nope. No, he gets nope. loaded. <laughs> I've been in those situations where it's like, oh God, I've got to go. Oh, I've got to go do this thing. And it's like one beer and I'm out. Okay, maybe a second beer. And then I'm out i just have to get out of here but that's no he's these are these are british men emily they won't let the covid restrictions stop them from having parties <laughs> at number 10 um but yeah i mean he like went out and got hammered with like random people that he was yeah. in a meeting with like it's yeah. fucking weird like yeah. this is just what men do in the uk um okay but then he's like i forgot the ring for you and then she's like, I thought well, it had been es- under the- I thought it had been established in the previous scene that she was supposed to go out and buy the ring. He told her, you need to go out and buy the ring. And that's when it was like, oh, we're getting married on Thursday. Don't you remember? I think so. I thought that too. So when, when she's he- like, wife. Yeah. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, she, she, she like- found a ring underneath the carpet or something. Somewhere on the floor in his his thing. And why is she looking under the carpet? Also, we are now at his house. We yeah. hadn't established them going there, but you nope. took her to his house. Yeah. And uh David explains that it had belonged to the first Mrs. Audley, the worst Mrs. Audley, blah blah blah. The he's, dreadful. He's, Mrs. The dreadful, Audley. yeah. He's he's drunk and shitting on his ex. <laughs> Can't imagine why anybody would want to leave him. Um and then he digs around in his other pocket and finds the ring that he had bought for Faith, even though I thought he was supposed to buy it. It was kind of cute, yeah. but. And so then it's the end of part two. Oh, yeah. Because there's, there's, a, there's a pause and uh, Hugh's got a goofy look on his face. Yeah, I loved it. It was really so cute. Weird thing. My note for that is, was that supposed to be cute? But they're <laughs> acting like Hugh was just like, this is the most adorable thing I've ever seen. Yeah, it was so. Oh, David, was, you old, you card. You rascal. 
We then cut to their wedding, which I assume is a Church of England wedding because it starts talking about the Lord of this country. Well, no, because because in that previous scene, Hugh says, oh, don't you wish it was a a church wedding? And she's like, no, I don't really care. So, but it looked like a church to me, too. It was a church wedding. Okay. That's so weird how it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Good TV. Where's the ring? They cut the scene where she went and bought the ring and, and snuck it in wedding. his and snuck it in his. They pocket. had a lot of time. They always have a lot of time in this show. We've realized like, yeah. they have a lot of time to do stuff off screen. Yeah. Okay. So then we have the wedding scene where seriously, Terrence Stamp looks uncomfortable during the vows. Like it's it's weird. There's um but, a scene where they kiss maybe, and he like looks at her it's this is my shy glances he's like giving her the weirdest like like glances i've ever seen and it is so out of character for this particular character it is so odd and it's after he does his vows and then Mm -hmm. she does her yes yeah and then she does her vows and they kind of look at each other and it's sort of normal-ish but it does kind of seem awkward because they've known each other for eight days Nine days. Has Terrence Stamp ever been married? I think he's just kind of like, does this fucking mean I'm really married? I'm not sure about this. I'm not sure about this scene. They didn't pay me enough to marry you. Can I I, can I get Um, a side piece, please? So her parents are there, though we don't have any lines from them. No. But then all of his guests are his co-workers, including his fucking driver. Mm-hmm. who I feel like is in the next scene driving, not wearing a tuxedo, but he's a wedding guest in this scene. It's somewhat inexplicable. This is also where I have the note, is she going to die? So the old man is taking pictures around the thing. And then we established that Nick, Raiders of the Lost Ark, not guys, going to get everybody to the club because they're going to have the reception at the club. But first they need to take the wedding pictures. Who's their fucking wedding photographer? RAF officer Hugh Roscoe. They've all they're like, all multi-talented. What? They're multi-talented. Very weird. It is very weird. Um then we get a scene with the old man who's like, we got so fucking wasted last night. Buffy gave me hell when I got home. To which David says, You didn't bike home, did you? Because the old man rides his bicycle around. Okay, but they need to go upstairs and have a man talk. Mm. And so, is this where they go? No. Wait. Wait, 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 wait. No, they go someplace in the car. And I kept waiting for the car to blow up. Yeah. That's what I was waiting for. Yeah. I was waiting for the car to blow up. Nobody seems worried about that, which also was concerning. But then across the street, Razak is hanging out in a car. (laughs) Honks his horn. Beep, beep. Uh, and David, doo, you doo. were like, let's go hang out with that dude. Yeah. You're fine, right? And Faith is like, no, so, come on, today of all days. Ah, he's stop. Like, hey, spy, you're going to die. It's okay. You're going to tragically <laughs> die and inspire me to solve the crime. It's fine. You'll just be <laughs> ahead in a refrigerator. <laughs> so they go across the street to talk to him. And they talk about Jenkins a little. Was he the target? Possibly. Pin in that. And they're like, you guys got involved with this. We were discussing terminating you. Things like that. But there's a graver menace, which is Hassan. Now, some of this scene is done with Razak driving them to the reception. Because there's a promise that we're going to see Razak Hanging out at the reception. Yeah. Which we also get cheated out of. Yes. He's driving a stick. Mm-hmm. If I don't know if movies definitely didn't do this in olden times, unless there was a bit about driving. But I feel like conversation car- scenes in cars during, I don't know, like the 50s through the 80s did not involve people having to put the car in gear all the time and it interfering with their acting. No. Because that's what happens to Razak. All yeah. the time he's got to move the fucking stick. Yeah, it's he's actually hilarious. driving the car. I think this is, he's on the street driving the car. He's not being pulled by another car. <laughs> he's having to navigate the streets of London. 
in a car driving a stick shift and deliver his lines. <laughs> Very strange. So then they talk about how Razak and Jake Sapiro have an old and special relationship, mm-hmm. which we know is that Jake saved him at one point. And then they're going to destroy Hassan Lock, Stock, and Barrel. We then cut to the reception where we do not get Razak, which was promised to us. And instead, we get David calling his boss out into the hallway so they can go upstairs and have a man talk and sending Hugh in to tell Faith David's too busy to hang out with her at their wedding reception. Yeah. Okay. We then go upstairs and find out what the plan is. I don't know if this is a post 9-11 sensibility, but yeah, they're going to fucking shoot down an airliner so they can kill this one guy. And, you know, those other people, too. Fuck them. Like, this is just what we got to do. Yeah. Um, Quite the plan. Yeah. Quite the plan. They're going to shoot. They're going to shoot down a Iranian commercial airliner. Over Syria, right? And the Syrians. The Syrians. Wait, hold on. The Syrians aren't going to do it, but the Israelis are going to zoom in, shoot it down and get out or something. And and they're going to scramble the airwaves. So it's not on radar the other plane isn't on the radar yeah and the syrian military is not in on this so it's it's the syrian uh whatever uh cia and the israelis are in on this put together by razak and shapiro it's a very funny scene because it ends with david going well this is very this is way above top secret and i'm like i bet they don't use the same fucking classifications like this is a stupid detail this is not like we're gonna turn and talk about the top secret classifications okay so now (laughs) what about colin and llewellyn oh well colin saw jake and rosick in a car together mind you did colin have any idea who either of those people were nobody knew who rosick was at the time he might have known jake okay so there's that. And then they're like, well, why did they shoot Llewellyn then? And that was just to divert attention. And then somebody's like, what about that bomb at the uh, bookshop? Oh, I bet that and was Jake. David's like, he's like, I wouldn't put it past Jake. And I was like, well, no, because the scene where it happened, it was very obvious that Jake had just blown up the bookstore and was getting out of there on a moped, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. What, how did you miss that? Okay, so then the assassination attempt on David was from a legitimate attempt. Bonafide. Bonafide, sorry. Bonafide. It was a bonafide attempt before taking him into their confidence. Okay, so now the old man's like, well, this is a lot. Let's go down and have a drink at your wedding reception where we will not get to scene with Faith. We do not get to see David and Faith again. We don't see them together again. We don't see her at all. Do we? At the end? end Okay. Okay. Oh. That noise was them consummating. It sounded really dry, Andrew. (laughs) They are British, Emily. Okay. We now cut to our action scene for the end of the episode, which is fucking wild this is amazing i loved this it looks like they're back in whatever countryside hugh was wandering around in before which i loved back out to mary's house yes i forgot let's meet by mary's i forgot to talk about how much i loved all of those scenes of hugh jumping across rivers and climbing up and it just being surrounded by green it gave me wanderlust it gave me wanderlust it was very pretty um, but yeah, they go back out and just like this again, I don't know what's going on. There's so many parties and so much confusion. I'm not quite sure what's going on. So, well, because we also have the timeline. We don't know when the plane thing is happening exactly. Right. But what we get is we get David, Jake, and Razak hanging out. Now, we established in the first episode that David and Jake are old pals. Mm-hmm. They have less chemistry together than David did with his Russian counterpart, who he said hi to once. It's really weird. Yeah. It's very strange. But then we discover Hugh is keeping an eye on them. Hugh also has a dog with him. Now, 
they're having beers and the dog brought a rifle, but he wasn't supposed to. Immediately upon Hugh discovering that rifle and chastising the guy, we cut to insert shots in different film stock of people being shot. Yeah. So it looks like we're getting a cut to that gangster movie David was watching in the first episode <laughs> the first that makes no episode. sense. <laughs> but no, somebody has just shown up and shot Hugh and the dog. Yeah. Hugh goes down first. The other guy falls on top of him. It's the Syrian bodyguard or the Syrian number two, McLean, the gum chewing nondescript guy um, with Llewellyn, the elected official slash MP slash whatever British politician is an insurrectionist, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been better if they had shown that guy chewing gum. All the time. It, it would have been much better if they'd shown so you could because he is pretty indistinct. I mean, there are so many there are so many faces that we see without names or with names that come in later, not associated with the face that I can't I couldn't keep it straight. No. So they do they don't do a very good job at introducing these people. Um, but yeah, it was absolutely nuts. And uh, Llewellyn is speaking. Arabic or whatever language. Yeah, Syrian. Yeah, I don't know. They're they're speaking Syrian. Um, and it's like what what's happening? What's going on? Oh my god! And they they check pulses. Uh, they just kind of move Hugh's face around a little bit. He appears to be dead. He's got blood all over his face, and they move on. But then Hugh rises up, pushes the dead body off of him, and grabs the gun. Whole. Oh, this is a dark turn for our hero, young, handsome Hugh. Who's shot in the leg and initially is crawling up the hillside. The They are not there to kill Razak, Shapiro, and David. They're there to listen in on their conversation, which makes no sense. Because mm-hmm. what we're saying is they think they've, they've assassinated Hugh and the other guard. They're not going to kill these guys but they're going to run off and assume everything's fine, even though David's, they're going to immediately find out that their bodyguard detail is dead. Yeah. I mean, Llewellyn is a fucking idiot. So it sort of tracks that he has this really stupid plan. Um, Okay. So yes, eventually Hugh gets up and runs and is able to do stuff or no, wait, they get done bugging and then they come down the hill and Hugh's got him in an ambush shot. Mm-hmm. Takes out McLean, the gum chewer, takes out the other guy, but he misses Llewellyn. So Llewellyn runs to a river and Hugh goes downhill after him, shooting at him and missing. At this point, because they shot the dog and Hugh with silencers on their automatic weapons, they are 17 year old white boys in. <laughs> the united states um and so presumably so david and the gang wouldn't have heard the shots there but they should have heard the first two shots that you did yeah they apparently didn't hear him until the third or fourth shot so then they hugh shoots llewellyn basically in the back like it's it's kind of i'm just like oh well you know what are you gonna do it's a dark turn for him it's a very dark turn for him they shoot him, they run down, and Hugh's like, wait a second, you two killed Colin. And Jake and Rosick are like, yeah, we did. Yeah. And he's like, you bastards. And David's like, what are you so upset about? You just killed Llewellyn for the same thing. They knew too much. And I'm like, Llewellyn just tried to kill him. Yeah. Like, it's not really the same thing at all. It's not a they knew too much thing. Like, also, also he, David is... Uh, we're assuming that David doesn't know that Llewellyn shot him. And so Llewellyn, knowing too much, he's working for Llewellyn. Llewellyn should have all of this information. It's very confusing. It's very confusing. Okay. But it's cool so... when Llewellyn's standing there like, blood on his face and then it sort of fades to black and white it kind of does that weird yeah. transition that was fucking cool i i, I like that view. 
Hugh does not like this this style of this is not how you do it in the RAF. Now, mind you, since then, of course, we've had Prince Harry's book where he talks about how they, they teach you to kill civilians in the RAF. But whatever. That's what Hugh likes. Hugh doesn't like this down and dirty stuff. He likes bobbing them from the air. Um, we then cut to David watching the news, presumably that evening. Mm-hmm. We don't know. An Iranian airliner has crashed. Everybody's dead. Faith comes in and is watching David. Boxing's up next on the tube. And she's like, do you want to watch some boxing or you want to fuck? And he's like, let's fuck. And they fuck. The, the end. end. What a wonderful story. I can't wait to listen to the audiobook. <laughs> I'm going to. somewhat different. I'm going I to. I it's somewhat different. I think yeah. it's going to be somewhat different. I'll report back. Well, I'm already starting okay. one that's going to take all week, so. Okay. So, I mean, it's a really good episode. It like, was good. This is a, this whole like triple, double, quadruple cross until you get back to where it's actually like really simple at the end is, um, it did give me some, you know, Ludlum flashbacks, but still like this whole, let's confuse our reader as much as humanly possible and, and until we have to sort of sort it out. Thing. Yeah. But also conspiracies don't don't work this way folks we've sort of learned that um but bummer it's usually just a bunch of fucking white guys who don't think they're gonna get caught yeah so there you go um i don't know what we have to look forward to next week because i think i I won't spoil it but i think we're gonna have a surprise visit from someone oh i like surprise visits Yeah. yeah um I don't even have the IMDb pulled up. Uh, I know I'm the worst. Episode six or episode five. five, What would it be? Let's see here. Let's give it a good Dracula, the series esque title. The Roman Um, connection is what the actual title is. Well, thanks. You you threw me from saying Klaus encounters of the (laughs) thirst kind or whatever. (laughs) Okay, so apparently Rome's going to have something to do with this, which we'll find out about next week. Yeah, I'm very excited. Uh, Andrew, see you in television land. Oh, that's it? Okay. See you in television land, Emily. Bye.